never worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show then you're probably a nerd everyone and welcome to the It's Canon podcast where we basically talk about all things geek all the time, comic books, movies, media, video games, books, anything that you can think of. We talk about it here on the It's Canon podcast and joining me today, I'm Phil, your host. I have with me the effervescent, Ooh. well-rested Tyler. <laughs> hey, yo. Yeah, I woke up less than 10 minutes before recording it's <laughs> a good way to start that's a great way to start a sunday isn't it we I... record on sundays as everybody is kind of aware if you've been following the show um we are without boris again he is holidaying it up or some such thing he's he's in the some trouble somewhere so um good uh uh boris hunting october i guess yeah. You know, that's two 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 episodes without our our famed leader. Yep. The infamous. The undeniable. You see, you gotta play up to the boss. You got <laughs> No, but we hope to have him back soon. How have you been doing, Tyler? Good. I um Yeah, I woke up today. Woke up bright and early at like seven AM got the dog harnessed up. We went for like a first thing in the morning run, did all this stuff. And then 11 a.m. rolled around and I was like, oh, I've, I've done a day already. Good night. Slept for another two hours. Yeah. It, it, it's actually, you know what? I think with this whole pandemic and everything, it's really messing with people's schedules like that. I, I know I'm guilty of that as well. Where I'll wake up nice and early. Start cracking at stuff, and then, yeah, around midday, I'm like, a nap would be really good right now. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> and there's exactly. nothing really there to stop you, you know what I mean? Like, like oh, obviously, 100%. if you're working or whatever, that's kind of the way it rolls. You got to do your work, but, you know, on these weekends, man, I'm telling you, it can, it can get, get kind of nice to have that break. <laughs> 100%. And I mean, we're, we're in a weird time right now. Yeah, for my day job, we're expecting to be shut down within two weeks. Yeah, uh, it's it certainly is. um, It's weighing on me, obviously. Um, If I know everybody in the world right now is really caught up in this, it wasn't really my plan to 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 open the show with this, but I think we're naturally there. I want to acknowledge the elephant in the room and hope that Donald Trump and his wife recover without incident. Um, from catching the COVID. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, that was a little bit surprising even for me. Um, I, I think that 
this hopefully will be a turning point for the United States in that more people will start to take this seriously at the top. And that can only bode well um, for being addressed by the government and being, you know, being a little more proactive in saving people. I know here in Canada, we're lucky. Our numbers are relatively low, but they're creeping up. And, you know, it just means that the second wave is here and it's going to impact our work. It's going to impact our lives again. It's not a good feeling. No. <laughs> you know, so a lot of stuff on hold at my, my place of employment. A lot of plans being, you know, reconsidered. I'm sure with everyone's employers and whatnot. So let's uh, all cross our fingers and hope everybody gets through this and we get through it together. Um, yeah. Any, any additional thoughts there, Tyler? You have any? I think we, I think we can all generally agree. We want as few people to die from the illness as possible. Yep. That's well said. (laughs) That's where, that's where my heart and mind go. So Everybody be safe out there, wear your masks, take your precautions, do your social distancing. You don't need a geek show to tell you that, but hey, if it helps you in your day to day, I think that it's a service we're happy to provide. Oh, but, I think they do because I uh, yeah. had. Yeah. So for people, those of you who aren't in Ontario, I need to share this because this is ludicrous and it has to do with geek stuff. So I run, I manage a board game and comic book store. And yesterday, in the first hour of being open, I had three people try to enter the store with no masks. We're back under a point where our provincial government has said, you cannot enter a place of business without a mask. It's like a $5,000 fine or something if you do. It doesn't matter. People don't. like As much as you're like, everyone knows, people aren't doing it. I, I know that I've walked out of my car, gotten halfway to my destination, like walking from the parking lot into a store, realized that I don't have my mask on and felt like a big bag of shit and ran back to the car, grabbed my mask. You know what I mean? Like I, I go into this panic state, but even lately, like yesterday I was at Walmart. I picked up a great 40th anniversary empire strikes back t-shirt. Really sweet to be honest. And I was getting anxious in the store. Like oh, it's bad. wearing the mask everything and it wasn't that busy or anything but i started kind of trembling like i was having an anxiety attack oh it's stressful yeah i've never noticed this before how especially you know where it really hit was at the cash when i was doing the self-serve checkout but there's a few people around and i'm i can't take it i'm i'm checking my back i'm 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 really starting to get phobic about all this because I guess the relentless news and rightfully so you know giving us the warnings and telling us to to do all these simple things like social distance and wear your mask and you know all these responsible things that we should be doing but it's getting to a new level because I know here in Ontario our numbers are going up it's unbelievable some days, you know, we're waking up and hearing over 700 people being diagnosed, which is a record even from the first phase. So, yeah. 
I don't know. It's it's going to be a messed up winter. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm basically ready for shelter in place. It's half yeah. what I'm expecting. Yeah, and it, it, the funny thing is, is that you're hearing all kinds of stuff. And this this kind of makes me think of a lot of sci-fi and whatnot that I've watched and always been drawn to, which is kind of a weird thing, right? Um, where we we maybe have in the past, maybe in the present, mm-hmm. fantasized about some of this stuff, like through our media, through the movies and television. We've seen this type of thing, and now it's becoming something that we're doing. Hmm. And it's just weird because I'm 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 not hoarding anything, you know, yeah. unless it's like Star Wars action figures or something. <laughs> but um, I am buying a little bit extra food, yeah, you know, for the idea that if you know, and we're talking canned food and stuff, right? Yeah. And the idea that if the weather's bad or the situation is gets bad. I don't really want to have to be forced to go out. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's scary. Scary stuff, people. It's rough. So let everybody be safe and let's get on to this week's topics. It's been Here's- a slow week in news. I'm telling you, like I'm, I am keyed in like the super geek that I am. Wait. And I'm checking out my sites. I'm looking at my stuff and I'm like, you know what? This week was kind of quiet, but. I did get some some talking points out of here. Oh, because I have a metric ton. I'm like, it's not a quiet week. A bajillion, oh. a bajillion, jillion years happened this week. But let's start with really yours. okay, oh, awesome. God, so much. Well, mine mine are pretty light. So hey, okay. um, I noticed that that Google held an event this week, which normally isn't really something that we we talk about too much. But they're releasing new Chromecasts. All right, they're they're redesigning it and calling it Google TV or whatever the heck it's it's branded. Um, the funny thing is, like, as a as a as a kind of geeky thing, it actually amalgamates all of your apps together. So you plug this thing into your TV, you log into your Netflix, you log into your Amazon Prime account, you log into all the stuff. And then it it's able to search across all those apps. So if you say it into your remote control, which has a microphone in it, that you want to watch Westerns, it will then fetch Western movies from all across your apps and let you watch it. Now, this is great for especially aged parents and things like that that are actually okay with interfacing with the Google and whatnot. But the funny thing is, is that it doesn't support Stadia. Can't. <laughs> yeah. Why would we uh, ever have this great? <laughs> like Google, get your shit together. Like it, it, it. To me, I, I actually picked up my free trial of Stadia this week because I wanted to compare it to the Xbox Game Pass, and it works okay. I, I just don't like the concept that I have to buy a game on their service like you know game pass is is so much more convenient because the games are basically free or you know included in your subscription so i think it's it's failing that way it's obviously failing because there's reports and on reddit and whatnot like day one early adopters are just getting discouraged all the promises that google made about the service haven't come true people fans are frustrated i get it i i i hate it when google quietly abandons a product and that's the way that they do it they just lessen 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 their their presence on it 
until basically they make the announcement that it's dead. And I feel that Stadia is going this way because th- it's obvious the teams aren't even notifying the Stadia team. If I was working in the Stadia Google building, I would be like, I guess I'm going to have to get another job. <laughs> like maybe oh, right. Amazon and Luna is going to hire. So yeah, I don't know about that one. That is just messed up. Um, I know another big topic that I know you're going to bring up for sure is Cyberpunk 2077 has announced that they are in crunch mode. Yes. And unimpressed. Yeah. After all of CD Projekt claims by their senior management that they're not going to do this to employees, they're going to break this cycle of video game development and bypass these absolutely insane uh, hours that they dump on and pressure that they dump on their development team. They've delayed the game three times now. At least. For their release date. They've been working on this thing and, and, and teasing us for like 10 years, mm-hmm. I think, with the, the original announcement video. Pretty close. The, it, it's... It's been an epic, epic journey with a lot of promise, and they still can't fix crunch. Yeah, so I want to delve into the facts a little bit, a bit of this. Yeah, please. And, and this is not this is not me defending CD Projekt Red. I mean, uh, I'm one of the most vociferously loud people saying that maybe we should have a game developers union because all this stuff keeps happening. But it is worth noting that this crunch is a, it's a six day a week full time hours. It's not as bad as other companies have had it. Um, it still appears to be, at least thus far, only about eight hours a day. Okay. And then it's, it's asking employees to pick up Saturday as well, which is still yeah. problematic to say the least. Um, also, uh, a thing that I would like to hear, although I understand why we might never hear it through this, but looking through the news coverage, there's been no one inside the company like saying anything yet. Like none of the internal um, developers have come out and been like, you know what, like this has to happen sometimes. Versus, you know, oh my god, this is brutal. And I understand entirely why we're probably not going to get that until at least years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 definitely unfortunate, and it's definitely kind of a, a sour note. Um, I have heard that yeah. that they are getting paid under Polish law. Yeah, well, they are to be paid for the time worked. Which yes. you have to understand, people like in in this environment. Oftentimes, what happens is they lure people into development roles. And the people are really excited to get there because their dream is to make video games. And it's then, super competitive. Yeah, then what happens is, obviously, in this type of environment, they're, they're luring these people in with maybe not the greatest pay or a salaried position that gets them by. Is, you know, they're, but they're living the dream. They're working in video games. And they're getting a flat rate of pay, but the employer is basically coming to them and saying, we need you to work a hundred hour week 
this, you know, for the next three months <laughs> for crunch, you know, and not giving them that extra pay. There's been all kinds of lawsuits about it with EA, with different developers over the years, which is why this is a sensitive topic for people. Because on one hand, we're all nerds. We are, we're all geeks. We all love these video games and we look past the crunch. We look past how destructive this is on people. It seems like CD Projekt, and again, I'm not defending them, but it does seem you're right. At this point, it seems like it's an extra day and it seems like the belief in the teams are high, but we won't know for a yeah. while. Right? Yeah. Like, and I, yeah. And on that, I think it's one of those situations where, you know, if we were to, to blue sky this, a lot of people would be willing to do crunch times during like smaller stints. Yeah. Um, a lot of developers have mentioned that the, the main problem with crunch time has been when it lasts for six months or over a year and it's, it's yeah. unpaid or underpaid and it's these grueling work conditions yeah. that honestly sound like it means these companies are understaffed and they're just, you know, doing they can. And, and all this is to say, I, I think we're all pretty disappointed that CD Project Red could not keep their promise. And yeah. I, am hopeful that European labor laws and conditions are going to help out in this particular instance. Seems like they will. There, there's yeah. optimism there. There is optimism because I know as, as a, uh, as a formerly uh, hourly paid employee who did have to work some pretty crazy hours sometimes, at least I could tell myself, well, this week is an 80 hour week, but I'm yeah. getting paid for it. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. There's there's a there's a way to deal with your family and whatnot where you go, I'm not going to be around, but I'm going to get money. You know what I mean? And not that that makes anybody really super happy or anything, but it is good. But I, I can only imagine as a developer or whatever, like getting shorted that money for that work would be absolutely devastating. Like to, to basically have your time away from your family or from maybe some other things that, that are high priority in your life. Right. And you're not able to do them. So, yeah, yeah I think that's, I think that's, but you know, it, it's funny though, because I, I see a lot of controversy about the idea of crunch and whatnot when we're talking about stuff that's far out, like, you know, okay, cyberpunk's going to be out. Like, let's just say it's coming out next year. Well, yeah, we're all going to dig our heels in and say, no crunch. You guys promised yeah. no crunch. But now that it's a month away and they're saying, well, we're going to have some crunch. We're all like, I think a lot of a lot of the fans are like, okay, whatever. Get that thing out because I'm, I'm tired of waiting for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't, don't delay it again. Get the whips out. Get the chains. Ooh, <laughs> Chain them ooh. to the desk. Yeah. <laughs> get that game in my hand because you have my money. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's too bad, but I hope everybody over there at CD project and, and, uh, making the, this game, I noticed that they dropped a, um, a, basically a commercial from Keanu Reeves yesterday too. Yeah. And, uh, it got the juices flowing. I'm like, <laughs> it was yeah. a very good trailer and it looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't yeah. wait. Cannot wait. Um, this week as well, new, 
Star Wars game came out. Squadrons. Now, I bought this thing on the PlayStation because I have a VR. Yep. It's VR compatible. Uh And I got to say, I started playing it without the headset Uh just to get a feel. Uh And then I put the headset on. Uh And oh my goodness, being in the tight confines of a TIE fighter (laughs) was an awesome feeling. And it brings back a lot of the memories of the old X-Wing versus TIE fighter games, except with those types of great graphics. Story seems acceptable so far. I haven't done multiplayer yet. I haven't, you know graduated through it unfortunately with vr i find that about 45 minutes is my maximum game time yeah then i start to feel tired (laughs) it becomes nap time that's fair um i find the strains hard but it 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 actually seems like a really good game it's getting well reviewed by independence yeah Um, i've heard some bugs some freezing issues some freezing and some sound bugs yeah uh, apparently, uh, Carrick over at ACG has reported in that there are some issues whenever he, um, whenever he reloads a screen or whatever. Sometimes he gets music, sometimes he gets sound effects. Like it's like the isolated channel type thing mm. seem to come in. So I definitely do recommend. Um, I I find that, and everybody's kind of got their own video game review people and system that they trust. Mm-hmm. I do find I've been watching Carrick for years over at ACG on YouTube. And I wholeheartedly recommend anybody who wants to hear a more mature, independent, non-BS type of review. He gets he gets my money for that. Yeah. yeah. So definitely feel free to check it out. Um, I noticed as well that uh, basically Mandalorian, those rumors that we had discussed previously, uh, basically, it seems like all that's behind them. It did happen. Mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal did be a bad boy on set, but they worked past it. Yeah. So I don't think that there's any validity to the idea that they're going to write him out of the show or anything like that, anything extreme like that. I just think that, you know, they are going to use this show as a platform to get into other characters and mm-hmm. other aspects of the Star Wars universe. On Disney Plus yesterday in Denmark, they acknowledged that Ahsoka will be in season two. So that yeah. is confirmed, um, which I find is interesting how it, it seems to leak regionally. I don't know yeah. why Denmark <laughs> in particular, but I heard Germany also had a leak um, ah, suggesting that. I'm trying to find it again because I had it open. Oh, oh Mm-mm-mm. no! Where did it go? Like I, I do know that that the original trailer started leaking in on the Xbox app in certain regions of the world, uh, previous to it being released that Tuesday morning or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a second trailer or uh, a teaser soon. Oh, there it is. Uh, Disney plus Germany seems to confirm Timothy Oliphant and Rosario Dawson are yeah. in the show. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant apparently is going to be playing um, Cal, the guy from the Aftermath books that had the Boba Fett armor. 
oh. on Tatooine. Oh. Which is, is why me? if you do a freeze frame of Mandalorian riding the bike uh, away from the camera, if you freeze frame it, you can actually make out Boba Fett's helmet and his backpack on the bike. Mm. So it seems like Mando goes back to Tatooine to fetch the armor. Interesting. So it brings about the whole idea that the the guy who used to play Django will actually be portraying Boba Fett, and he might be uh, asking for uh, the Mandalorian to get his armor back, or a clone. So, or yeah, or it could be a clone. It could be Rex. I don't know. Like it could be anybody. So, I, I I'm looking forward to it. I don't want to speculate too much into it because it's it's useless. It, it's mm-hmm. you know neither here nor there. The show is going to be the show, and I'm going to put on my little happy Star Wars ears and kiss my baby Yoda, and away we go. You know, it's just live vicariously week to week <laughs> until that uh, plays itself out. There's also rumors coming out in Star Wars land about the idea that they are actually going to be mining a lot of the old Republic stuff. So. It, um, it it seems like the folks at Disney have decided that the legend stuff that they've been sitting on is a literal treasure trove of information and, and storytelling ideas. There's rumors that the Darth Bane kind of trilogy might be coming oh. to film, that type of thing, which those were three. Those are by Drew Karpashian, the guy who wrote Mass Effect. Yeah. Um, those are three of the best Star Wars books that I've read, especially out of the Old Republic. I'm not a guy who really dug into that too much. Mm-hmm. But it, those books were darn good, explaining the whole rule of two and how the Sith became the Sith, essentially. Yeah, there's some... Like from... You know, because they used to compete with the Jedi and have big academies and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, there's some some interesting potential there. I mean, I would argue that they've always been drilling into legends and using it as like, mm-hmm. here's what has and hasn't worked and how they were, how they brought back um, what's his name? Oh my god. Thrawn. Thank you, Thrawn. Was like a, a primo example of the kind of the stuff that people loved and they remixed it a little bit. Yeah. No, and it, it was brilliant. I, I attribute the Thrawn thing to and I have no basis to say this other than speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, I attribute it to Dave Filoni. Yeah. Dave Filoni knew that there were really valuable assets in that legend library. He yeah. worked so closely with George. He knew the impact that Thrawn had, and he had the vision to insert him into Rebels in such a creative, great way. Mm-hmm. And to have Thrawn existing with Darth Vader... Mm-hmm. in that environment like alongside him in a competitive way i love the the whole play with the you know with grand moff tarkin and when you read the novels as well you really get into how political everything is yeah. which it sounds dumb but it actually makes for great reading where but it's I mean, like it, you know yeah. thrawn wants to make that tie interceptor that basically if they do that it will spell the end of the rebellion. <clears throat> but on the flip side, Palpatine's got Grand Moff Tarkin going, I want a Death Star. Yeah. And we rule through fear. You know, and it's just fun. I'm like, okay, this is political and this is real life. Like, this is what it's like. We well, yeah. have stuff like that. 
Well, especially like it's it's I don't think we can mince words, despite the fact people want to recently, but the empire is like it's a fascist dictatorship. Mm-hmm. And you look at any historical fascist dictatorships, and they're all full of these, like, frankly, people who think they are bigger than life personalities, and some are and some aren't. Um, mm-hmm. And it's them always fighting over the little fiefdoms. And I thought that also that was one of the things that um, Rogue One did really well. Yeah. Of like Moff Tarkin taking credit for it. It's just yeah. like, that's the kind of thing that would happen. Yeah. Look at Hitler's Germany. Like oh, people all the time were like, "Well, I'm going to make this new fancy tank, and I'm going to make this new airplane, and then I'm going to do so many benzo, so much benzodiazepine that I cannot function as a human anymore." <laughs> but so. you, you know what's interesting though, too, especially with Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the internal politics of the rebellion that they exposed us to. It wasn't yes. just like everybody singing "Kumbaya." Like you had uh, 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 Forrest Whitaker mm-hmm. and his band of extremists that were actually like ex- yeah. like like told not even to participate in the rebellion. Yeah. You have the Mon Mothma. You have these people playing under her mm-hmm. and and leveraging different people in different ways to get you know their audiences and their their messages out. I, I just enjoyed that whole aspect of it as well because it made the rebellion to me more believable and less like it, it didn't look like it from a kid's lens. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, okay, these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. Obviously, like mm-hmm. Disney under with with how they're developing Star Wars is looking for the gray in everything. And I think that that's a good good angle to take because you know what? If you're you're right. The Empire's fascist uh, uh, system. I love the Empire, though, because of the the symbols in it, the order, the idea, the the standardization of it. It really appeals to my mind how all these Tie Fighters, the lining up of the the stormtroopers, the 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 presence of 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 Darth Vader and 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 other such people has always appealed to me. You know. Obviously, I know the good guys are the good guys. I I didn't go into Star Wars thinking, mm-hmm. all right, Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> Empire One, yay! No, it wasn't like that for me. I've, I've always been a little more, as we know, in the hand solo and stuff yep. like that. If I if, when I'm seeing those people on the screen, that's mm-hmm. my protagonist, not Farm Boy Luke. But if, if your protagonist is Farm Boy Luke, good for you. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a good good character and everything. I'm I'm I don't want people to think. Then by me admitting what I like about it means that it invalidates their joy. Mm-hmm. Not saying that at all. If you dig the farm, if you dig Luke's story, that's awesome. You know, yeah. the Jedi stuff is pretty cool. Gotta say. But yeah, I don't know. It's so interesting to see how George made it and what it's becoming. I don't know. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. What you got in your bag of stories there, Tyler? What do I have? Well, how about this? Hot off the... the What am I looking for? Finish, finish the thing for me. Hot off the Hot press. Hot off the press? Thank you, yeah. But there's some rumors that Sony is currently in early talks to buy Warner Brothers Interactive. Ooh. Oh, ba, that's interesting. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah. Um... There's an alleged leak of WI- WB Interactive being put up for sale back in July. 
mm-hmm. um, which would note that that includes Rocksteady, NetherRealm Studios, and LEGO Franchise Traveler's Tales. Yeah. Um, and there were some rumors earlier in the summer that Microsoft was like, oh, we might take that. Uh, yeah. But then it appears they went with ZeniMax instead. So, yeah. you know. I know that that's been bantied about, the whole idea that Warner Brothers Studios is up for sale. Now, it is interesting because th- they came out and they denied it, I believe, uh, soon after some of those leaks were out uh, in the summer. Yeah, the first round. But they, they actually lost the Lego account for the movies. That's now gone off to uh, Universal. Yeah. Lego went and renegotiated that. I know there are still properties, like you mentioned, that mm-hmm. are tied to the Warner Brothers and, and to the gaming system and whatnot that they've created. Um, we do have a new Star Wars uh, Lego game. It's interesting that Sony are in that space to make a play for it, but I know that Warner Brothers will be looking to offload some of that yeah. stuff. I, it really I, seems like it. Especially, again, the pandemic can't be good for studios. If you think about how much financed movies they have to sit on right now. Yeah. Due to these release complications. And as you know, as well, I noticed last night that there was some pretty aggressive uh, advertising for movies that will be launching on Netflix as well. I, um, yeah, I mean, that's a separate issue. I do think it's worth yeah. also talking about how WB has been leaning out their operations quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're interested in talking about being more, um, more decentralized exploitation of their IP. I mean, one of the recent success stories of IP management was actually Games Workshop, who all of a sudden was just like, here's the Warhammer IP, here's the Warhammer 40k IP, and was basically offering them for bananas good terms that even like first-time studios could pick up those licensing rights. Wow. And have a chance. And I, that's why all of a sudden we had a metric ton of, of games coming out in yeah. very quick succession. Yeah, um, it it kind of blew up the stores that I saw. Yeah. I saw, like, and then GW just released. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then GW was getting like a, a cut of all those. And it also meant that their IP went wide and everyone knew about it. And yeah, now but, ninth edition of 40 K is like the best selling edition they've ever had. Yeah. And you know, that's always been to me, a successful franchise and a successful brand. I did find it uh, the the gaming part of it was it oftentimes missed my expectations, and which, I don't know why. Uh, just some of the the forty k games that I played just didn't really feel yeah. too consistent oh, with each other. Yeah, because it was like forty different studios. Yeah, it wasn't the same company, and yeah, it was they were just they took that approach of of you know. We'll, we'll let some stinkers get out and we'll just trust the brand is good enough that people will go, ah, well. Yeah, true. I stopped buying them because I found that it was too hit or miss. For a while yeah, like, there, you know, when I was, when I was a young, younger guy, I used to buy Space Hulk and all that. And those, those, those games were pretty consistent. They were, they were good. And they, were, they held within the gaming part of it very consistent but yeah that's a good point uh, how they kind of shepherded that out and just let it go wild <laughs> oh yeah and they made bank off of it yeah warner brothers has a really weird strategy 
overall? Well, I think they're in the middle of restructuring, right? I think they're in the middle of changing yeah. it. And, you know, if I were Warner Brothers and I was like, look, we make these video games and, and some of them do really well. Because, right, because that Warner Brothers Interactive includes Mortal Kombat and the Arkham series. Yep. Which, even if you're, they're not for you, I don't think any of us can deny that those haven't done well. Yeah. Um, oh, they're huge. And, they're iconic. And, you know, if, if Warner Brothers says, like, we're willing to let someone buy this and then just give us a cut of all them Batman dollars because we still own Batman. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's well, better for them. Even with the Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. This is what I mean, though. Like, if you look at all your streaming kind of stuff out there, everybody's gathering under their respective headlines. And it seems like Warner Brothers has chosen the HBO moniker. Yeah. To do things. But you still can't really, like, let's say I want to watch harry potter unless i got the dvds on my shelf unless they're on netflix for a couple months unless i don't know where the hell they are (laughs) you know what i mean like it it, it's a confusing space to be in when you've got such a heavy branding from disney you know launching their own service and and housing all their own materials and and you've got other things going with netflix and whatnot i i find that netflix is becoming really weird to track down like different properties because it's so inconsistent now because people are are pulling their stuff back or trying to finish off their contracts and create their own and and things like that i'm just really shocked that warner brothers was never really more of a player with the types of stuff that they had yeah because like these are very passionate fan bases of 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 like you know harry potter i just can't believe how much harry potter love there is and that's great like i uh, just dumped my bag but yeah you know you've got amazon really aggressively going to come out swinging on lord of the rings soon yeah all this like, yeah, yeah. There, there's everything's kind of housing up and warner brothers and universal are just kind of floating out there with a lot of their content yeah so I don't know. It I I I'm going to bring it up. I don't want to spoil things, but I'm confused about some stuff. As you saw in my chats. Mm-hmm. I watched Raised by Wolves. Okay. I think it's done now for the first season. I believe it, so. Yeah, it, I got to the 10th episode. The 8th episode nearly made me sick. <laughs> it was a little too horror. The ninth episode made me question what is real and what is not. Oh, yeah. And the tenth episode went to a spot that I think a lot of fans will be happy with. And not necessarily fans of the show, Mm. but fans of Ridley Scott. Oh, right. And he kind of draws other properties that he's helped create or been the force in. He's brought that into this show mm-hmm. and what's confusing to me is those properties now belong because they were made with 20th century fox they now belong with disney yeah and i'm really confused how he could bring it into hbo i don't know like i guess it's his property because he came up with it that doesn't mean he owns it <laughs> but it doesn't mean he means he owns it, right? So I'm like, does Disney start to have a problem with 
stuff that they have ownership of being brought into like this hugely religious political sci-fi show. Yeah. Cause basically it's it's it relates back to the alien franchise. Kind and of we all different. know that that Raised by Wolves is in that same universe. The minute the androids start bleeding white, I'm like it's Bishop, right? Well, I it's, mean, Ridley Scott loves that like weird white liquid. Yeah, but I think he can get past the Disney stuff by just saying, "Oh well, it's a coincidence," or "I'm not, I'm not directly correlating the relationship of that android to." the androids that I had in alien. It's just, you know, like he, he could probably have, he probably has enough sidestepping maneuvers to just say, well, that's the way I imagine it. And it's not interfering with your IP. But when you bring specific items from those movies into your show, gets weird, man. <laughs> it, it just freaked me out. So, it's definitely worth the watch, Tyler. It's it's a lot, though. You're right. I, I get oh, yeah. what you and Boris were talking about. I watched three episodes because I screwed up on my watching platform. I missed it last week. I took a break from it. Mm-hmm. And then I had to endure it all. And I just wanted it to be done at the end. Yeah. Because it... <laughs> I could spend a lot of episodes just discussing how the show dynamic of how they keep on flipping stuff on us. Oh yeah. I'm still in on it. I'm just not done. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he, he basically, he plays with that belief, non-belief role an awful lot. It becomes a really heavy manipulation factor. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to see what he did, what he managed to do. And you know, as an, you're just sitting there going, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Now, the androids seem to be the religious ones. You yeah, know, I mean, we knew that was coming. We knew that was going to be the whole thing. Yeah, you, you knew it was set up for it, but it's just the fact that he was able to do it, and then you go, oh, yeah, I get it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just that realization, I think, is, is it's good for fans. It's good for, for people watching it. You know, I'm finding less and less that Lovecraft country is, they're not executing the way that they did in the first part of the season. Yeah, I've fallen behind in both, and I've also heard that um, it's stumbling a little bit. And honestly, mm-hmm. I think I think part of the concern there is it sounds a lot like HBO wanted something that was going to have more legs and go longer than mm-hmm. just what the book did, and I think that might be a mistake. Um, yeah, I think it, I think that you know if you wanted that series to go longer, you should have kind of run through what the book did more or less and then you know see if you can build after that instead of trying to shove more into like a pre-existing framework yeah it that's basically exactly the way i feel about what's going on they're 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 making filler episodes yeah and it's tough because you know that there's a narrative that you want to see explored and you're having to go with oh this week's theme is sci-fi horror you know what i mean and you're like well, this doesn't really fit anything. Like it, it's just, it's it's doing the absolute minimum. It's just like when Star Wars Rebels did the space whale stuff. You know, it's like space whales, really. You know, it's just it's just you you're just you know you can distill that 
season down to like four or five episodes that are really awesome. And then there's a whole bunch that you're like, wow, that was okay. And that, that's probably what it is. You're right. Oh, you're so smart. <laughs> Have a moment. Um, yeah, you do. <laughs> although jumping back to streaming mm-hmm. and to Amazon, did you know that the 72 launch games for Amazon Luna have been released? 72, yeah, but I think half of them are indies. Yeah, none of them, none of them are really like a big AAA from this year. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the biggest games that are probably on here are Control, which is a great game, mm-hmm. but doesn't have the same weight to it as some things. Uh, yeah. Metro Exodus. I think that's the one I, I picked up on Stadia for free. <laughs> yeah, right? And then it's kind of like, uh, uh, the, the Surge? Oh, uh, the Surge 2? Yeah, Ukulele? Like, there's some really good games on there. But a lot of these games, like, if, like y- Ukulele you could have picked up years ago for, like, seven bucks. I was watching something that basically said, What's the point in these streaming services if you're playing games that your toaster can play? I, that's exactly what it is, right? Like they have Plague Tale yeah. Innocence, which, you know, again, it was it's been down to eight bucks already. Like none of this is really worth it. So it really it's seems t- like the Luna either needs to like really lean into that Ubisoft platform deal they have. Or question mark? Honestly. After playing Stadia, after seeing and hearing about this Luna, mm-hmm. I don't recommend anybody go out and procure these services yeah. off the bat. Honestly, I, I just feel like, like I said off the top, it's, Google's going to kill it. Google's going to, you know, get rid of this problem child soon. Oh, yeah. I mean, Google's notorious for that. It also really seems like Amazon yeah. doesn't, like, they don't super understand the gaming market. Which is no, it, it, to me. it's like Walmart buying TikTok. I yeah. can't see good things happening. I just can't. And when Amazon's in in the gaming, like I don't even think Amazon properly acknowledged Twitch. You know, like yeah. Jeff Bezos. Oh yeah, I own Twitch too. Do I? Like, <laughs> was I drunk when I picked that one up? Like it's just weird the way that the company integrates it into its own platform. And they don't, you know what I mean? Twitch kind of exists over there. And then they got kind of aggressive with, well, log in with your Amazon credentials, link your account, do this, do that. And by the time I got through with it, it felt like it was a 45 step process in order to get a $25 service off a Nintendo. And I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to pay the 25 bucks for my Nintendo online instead of trying to go through and get Amazon to pay for it, which that was just a fiasco. And it just showed me that how little Amazon really care. In a related story to Amazon, the boys is actually competitive with the viewership to Am- to Netflix, which is yeah, amazing. I, I mean, that's got to feel good for Amazon um, and the executives in their TV wing. Um, I mean, they've had some really good stuff come out. Like Marvelous Miss Maisel is phenomenal and has won Emmys and stuff out of it. But historically, they've not been able to hit those numbers. Yeah, and so, the Expanse. Uh, yeah. 
like stuff like this. There's oh. some amazing stuff on Amazon. Man Prime. in the High Castle. Yeah, Man in the High Castle, all Philip K. Dick. Um, Dick the problem Dick, that Dick, I Dick. see with it is that they, they still don't. I, I talk to so many people where I'm like, do you have Amazon Prime? Yeah, I got Amazon Prime. I want my shit in two days, right? I want it shit yeah. free. And I go, do you watch like Prime Video? No, I never bothered. Yeah. The amount of people that have the service and don't even use it. And I'm like, oh shit, man, you're missing out on some good stuff. Like, there's legit good stuff. Well, isn't it just all Netflix? No, it's not. And it just, the way Amazon does this for a company that's so big and so successful, they market like crap. Now, to be honest, they put a lot of work into the boys. I get advertised that like no tomorrow. Oh yeah, that's definitely one of their. That's one of their like that's the crown in that's their crown jewel. That's what I was trying yeah. to say. Yeah, it's true. It, I'm glad that they went all in on it. I hope that they start picking up on the expanse a little more. I know season five is is going to come out soon. Um, and I know Jeff Bezos like he that was originally on Sci-Fi and Jeff mm-hmm. uh, loved it, right? And and after reading a few of the books. I understand why. Like the show is great. Show is great. Um, it's just different reading the books as well because you get a little more into the characters and whatnot. It's yeah. interesting to see how the show takes like four characters and makes them into one. <laughs> in, yeah, in, you know, that's a little bit weird, but yeah. it's great because it's different. You can be a fan of both, mm-hmm. oh, which totally. I think is a really fun thing. So, uh, yeah, but I was a little bit shocked to see those numbers. Um, you got like, I think a lot of people were in shock when that news broke about, about how successful the boys season two is and, uh, good on Amazon or yeah, good on Amazon for, for making that happen. (laughs) That's, uh, that's quite an achievement. Oh, totally. Have you heard? That Jamie Foxx is back as Electro? Yes, I heard that. (laughs) So this has people on the internet (laughs) freaking out that maybe maybe they're going to get into the Spider-Verse live action. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I find it weird when like this whole even in the DC verse, all right, mm-hmm. this whole the Flashpoint movie or whatever that's coming up, yep. where they're going to be bringing back Michael Keaton, uh, Batman, sure. um, maybe maybe even Val Kilmer. I don't know. Why not? Fat Val. Um, it's just weird. This is weird, and it just seems like it's such a. It's mm-hmm. cool, you know, bringing back Ben Affleck as Bat. All this stuff. Sure. It, it's cool. But it's also just reeks of low hanging fruit. Oh yeah, it, it like I don't know where to go from here. Speaking legitimately, right? Like once you've done Flashpoint, you've 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 done it. You can't do it again. Yeah, it it I, just seems like Marvel and Spider Man are are now doing this, and I don't it's even a trend. Know I don't know. I think I think they're not. I think they're just like, oh, we want to do Electro and. I mean, the other side of it being, you know, Spider Man's still Sony. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's part one of it. 
Um, and part two is is honestly, I, I think that it's I think that it's just they like Jamie Foxx. He's a good actor. Yeah, I think that his Electro is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting in a movie that otherwise had some real problems to it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think that the other side of it is you cast Jamie Foxx as Electro, and you have so much free marketing for no reason. <laughs> like you did nothing yeah. really. That's true. That is true. Um, did you see the controversy about Spider-Man game this week? I did. I they recast the main character. Except they didn't. They just changed what he looks like. They it's changed the what he voice. looks like, and they changed a voice actor. I don't think they did. I think they did. They took, because the, the guy who played him bit of farewell to everybody on, on Twitter. They They actually like got someone else to do it or maybe it was just the the modeling but whatever it is for the ps5 if you buy spider-man miles morales and you get the bonus content of the previous game it is going to in fact look different than the original game and not in that ooh, the graphics are better kind of way they made him look more like tom holland so good for sony i guess but it's just weird that's the claim online um First of all, I'm seeing nothing that they've changed the voice. Okay, good. It's the I'm same voice actor. Corrected. Um, it's also, I mean, so the voice is done by Yuri Lowenthal. Yep. Who cannot be the face of Spider-Man <laughs> right now because he's a little bit older looking. And that's yeah. okay. But if you want to do young Spider-Man, even though he can do the voice, uh, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the people at Insomniac have claimed that, uh, you know, they they were claiming that uh, John Bubniak, who is the the actor who they've modeled the first face on. Oh, okay, yes, yes. Now these the names. Yeah, after the game, they came out. They're saying like, "Oh, we don't, we don't love that voice face match, and this is an opportunity to redo it." And they're now basing it on Ben Jordan instead, right? Who, admittedly, Ben Jordan looks a little bit like Tom Holland with a more square jaw. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't give that as more like Tom Holland. Um, you, you know what? It's 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 kind of like the Star Wars stuff. It's kind of like whenever an artist goes back and seize an opportunity to maybe realize what the real intent was you know to to go i wanted more creatures here i wanted this scene to happen and i can't blame them for doing that like it's their property it's it's just the snyder cut yeah i mean i will say that the hair of the (laughs) spider-man in the ps4 version he's bad yeah that hairline and that hair is bad. It doesn't look right. It looks very strange and it doesn't match his head. And I will say the hair in the remaster, just the hair, 100% looks better. It looks like human hair instead of a Brillo pad. Yeah, I, to be honest, I don't understand what the real, like the huge uproar that the internet I... let out was all about because I guess people... To their credit, they get into the game or they get into that character. They start, you know, it is a closer relationship to a protagonist than, let's say, watching a movie. 
sure. you know, you're, you're, you're playing for 40 hours or more yeah. and you're really finding that content compelling yep. and relatable. So I, I do get it, but I, to me, I, I, Spider-Man's changed so much. It's, I'm, I'm okay with different actors playing Spider-Man. Like, um, yeah, I mean, it's, this one really seemed like some people got mad and then a bunch of, um, media places signal boosted. Cause it was easy. It was easy, low hanging fruit reporting. Mm-hmm. Like the number of places that I'm seeing that are like, oh yeah, not a deep fake. It is going to be Tom Holland. I think just made everything worse. And then just, it just became a noise machine issue. Yeah. Duh. The internet. What would we do with that? The internet. So I got three more stories I want to cover. Do you have anything else? All right. No, no, I am. Oh, you're done? I'm a, uh, I, I, I was a slow week on my end. Well, let's start with some more video games. Sure. So they have announced that Baldur's Gate 3, which goes into early access on Tuesday this week, mm. is going to have uh, 25 hours of content in the early access. Um, it's going to have Sixteen races and sub races and six classes available on day one. So for D and D for D and D people, your classes available day one are cleric, fighter, ranger, rogue, warlock, and wizard. For D and D experts, we'll note that you're missing the paladin and the barbarian there from like the classic mm. big ones. Also, to a lesser extent, the Sorcerer and some other ones. It looks like more is coming as we get closer to release, but that's what's available at Early Access launch. You're also going to have access to the human, the elf, the half-elf, the dwarf, the halfling, the tiefling, hmm. the drow, right. and the githyanki on day Darn one. githyanki. I'm impressed you can read that and pronounce it. <laughs> oh, look, man. You gotta remember, I get paid to do D&D design. Yeah, I true, can pronounce yeah. all of these weird D&D names. Um, it is worth noting from uh, some of the art that's been released that the looks of some of these races are a little bit different than you may have expected. Okay. Um, bunch, a bunch of the high elves, for example, have dreads. Hmm. Well, that's kind of cool. You could dread anything, I guess. I, I guess I, I'm I'm most optimistic about the fact that I I know for me personally, I really fell hard for those Arya Salvatore books mm-hmm. for Dredst, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So the Dark Elves have always been this fascinating story avenue yeah. for me, and it even got to the point where I bought the audiobooks off of Audible. Nice. Um, of those because I just wanted to go back to it and I didn't want to be reading the book per se, it, but it is worth noting that in the early art and art screen caps they've released, um, to continue to note about hair, the hair looks phenomenal. Interesting. Like it looks like human's hair. Uh, and everyone's face looks over the top. Beautiful. Hmm. Like I'm going to drop a quick image in the chat of the wood elf cleric that they showed and it is like 
this is someone's fan art almost. Well, jeez. Yeah. Just uploading the chat for you right now. Yeah. And you'll also get to see my weird being cool about the hair thing. Also, the tieflings all have crazy horns, although it is unclear how much control you'll have over altering the Holy horn appearance. Cow. Yeah, no, those are like some high quality models. I mean, wow. even dwarf, even dwarf, the shield dwarf cleric they they released looks like looks like a good old bear. Could cuddle up with them. Amazing. Yeah, I, I expected it to be a little more uh, kitty. I guess. Yeah, no, it it looks like some high high level art. That's amazing. Um, next up, uh, we're gonna talk in the actual realm of comics really briefly. Uh, with the uh, listeners might remember the fiasco regarding Bad Idea Comics and they're like we randomly sent a bunch of retailers a comic and didn't really tell them what it was or that it was actually by us or who it was by (laughs) and then kind of freaked out when like retailers didn't order it because none of us knew what it was and (laughs) I mean I spoke with someone I work with and they were of the opinion of like see this is just proof that retailers don't know what they're doing that you know a good comic can be dropped in their lap and they won't order it and my counter was like yeah but that's asking retailers to take on the risk when it's like I don't know who the heck this guy is if I order 10 copies is my money just gone into the void yeah like what is happening you're asking me to take on risk on a complete unknown and like you know I can, I, you know what, like if, if I owned a comic book store and let's say you work for me, all right, but yeah. I have this relationship with, with my supplier, I'm sure. expecting to be communicated to by my supplier I mean. where it's going to be like, guess what? We've got a ton of copies of this. It's really hot. Um, you know, we're reserving this amount. Are you cool with it? Um, that type of thing. You get the, the, the comic and you sell it. If something unsolicited shows up, I don't think that I'm going to be like, Oh well, here's my judgment call on this is great. Now, if you as an employee or or customers come in and they tell me, "Hey yep. man, I heard there's this comic book and I really want to get my hands on it. Let me check with my supplier. I'll see if I can get some copies for you, or yep. we'll pick it up." You know, like I, there's like thirty guys being asking me this week for it, so yeah. let let's stock it. But I'm not going to sit there and evaluate it myself and go, "Holy shit, this is awesome! Let's get it," and then watch it just sit. Yeah, 100%. And especially when, like, when we talk about comics in general, a lot of new comics, you have, like, a return deal on, right? Like, if we order a bunch mm-hmm. of Boom number ones, Boom basically says, like, hey, if these don't sell, you can return them for, the, for what, you, what you didn't sell back. Which is yeah. the way of being like, look, retailers, we understand stock overhead sucks, and you take a lot of risk. Yeah, it also controls the marketplace. Well, that too. What's yeah. right? Because then, if the the title gets hot, they're they're sitting on a stockpile, and they can go, "Oh, yeah. guess what? We're we're we just made money out of our ass." Well, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, um, the other side of it is that that comic is now going for about a grand on eBay. Wow! So, <sighs> speculators' market is alive and well. And yeah. following up on that, uh, Spawn three eleven has a. Three, I think it's three. Yeah, three eleven has a Chadwick Boseman memorial cover, Ooh. which 
got announced. And then I think within like I think we had I think retailers had like 24 hours to order it. Whoa. So it looks super good. Um it appears to be by McFarlane. And I'm not always a fan of McFarlane's art style, but I think it's mm-hmm. one of the best things he's ever done. So it's Swan Thrill. I'm conflicted cover. about that. About which? About putting Chadwick on the cover. That just uh, seems like a, a cheap way to get people to buy Spawn number 311. Well, look, it's always in part of comics, right? I would be much happier if they were to then be like all money from all profits from Chadwick Boseman cover goes towards the NAACP or something. Yeah. Yeah, no, that would yeah. be a little more on side with, but I'd even be more <sighs> on side with the idea that Marvel releases a special edition Black Panther issue with Chadwick on it and make that proclamation as well and say, hey, look, we're going to donate the funds from this particular yeah. issue to this fund that Chadwick strongly believed in. Yeah, uh, you know? I agree entirely. I agree entirely. Like, that would be more more appropriate for for Todd to do that with his own yeah. property. Just it's weird. Makes me feel wrong. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not if it's if it's your thing as a collector, I get it. I really do. You, you've got this absolutely tragic story, you've got this bigger than life guy. You've got this horrible situation and you've got this avenue to collect it. I so I'm not bagging on people who want to buy it. I'm just questioning the ethics beyond producing it. That's all. I mean, here's the thing is the other side of it being Marvel when Stan Lee passed had a bunch of just in memoriam Stan Lee and all it was was the normal cover with in memoriam Stan Lee just across the top. The same thing with Chadwick Boseman doing now. It's just I don't love it, but it appears to be part of the industry that everyone's just normalized. Oh, that's kind of yeah, I don't know. That, yeah. that leaves me with a little oh. bit of a tinge what? as well. And I think that's that's kind of why I brought it up was I wanted to like go through that and let it just kind of be that weird, that weird smell in the air. Yeah, <laughs> that. Oh, oh. It, it's I, and I know the comic world. All right, be, being a former, formerly heavily involved in it, and being distanced from it now. I know that it's capable of that stuff. I know that that stuff happens. But it just seems in 2020 to be 2020 playing that game. I don't know. I it, it wouldn't be something that I'd want to speculate in or participate in as a fan. Good on you if you are going to purchase that episode that issue and collect it because you're a big Chadwick Boseman fan and, and it maybe helps you in some way. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not criticizing that. It's man. Uh, Todd McFarlane kind of has this, this funk about him, doesn't he? He's, he's gets into that gray zone quite a bit from what I understand with a lot of his products and decisions. <laughs> yeah. But all right, each their own. I got a nice piece of good news to end us on. Woo! Happy I think snap. we're going to take this one home. And that is that, for those of you who missed it, somehow, I mean, I think it's one of the biggest things to come out of recently, but I'm really a fan of this property. 
but Ms. Marvel has been cast for the MCU. <laughs> uh, can be played by Pakistani American. No, not Pakistan. Nope, I misread this article. Misread my notes. Kamala Khan is the Pakistani American character. <laughs> okay. Blah, blah 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 blah. Iman Vellani, who I believe is a Canuck, has yep. been cast as Miss Marvel, which means that both She-Hulk and Ms. Marvel are Canadian. Yeah, it's kind of cool, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, there's such a huge amount of property. Oh owned by Disney in this case and owned by, by DC as well. Like uh, uh, over on that side of the fence, I'm not going to not acknowledge how prolific Detective Comics has been. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel has always been one of my favorites, but there's been a lot of stuff that missed and whatnot. It's fun to see what Disney are green lighting and, and casting and, and, and doing with stuff. It's, I don't know. It's one of these things. Like, if I sit down and I start watching a uh, Endgame, mm-hmm. the movie, and you get to that last sequence of of all of them coming together, you know, the Avengers oh. uniting. Mm-hmm. It's it's always worthy of a little chill down your spine. Mm-hmm. You know, for me as 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 a as a casual fan, but the magnitude of that scene, and and what ends up hitting my brain is how much work was put in by Disney and by Stan Lee and all the other great creators over the years and how it came together on film. Mm -hmm. It's just truly something awe-inspiring. It's like when you were watching, you know, the dark uh, Batman begins and whatnot It's when you see it well done, it's amazing to see and realize these characters and see them interact with one another and the stories that are told and how those stories change for the films and things like that, or they pick through some of the stuff that came from the comics and, and choose which characters and which storylines maybe cover, which arcs, all that stuff. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. A, a great time for, for superhero stuff. And I really think that superhero movies are a genre of their own. The categorization it's no longer action or drama or anything like that. Like superhero movies are superhero movies. Mm-hmm. It, it really is amazing. I, I hope that translates really well into all the comic store stuff, all the comics. And I hope people start to return to that print medium, whether it be digital or, or otherwise, but hit up your local comic book shop, you know, grab some material, yeah. uh, grab a board game. Do yeah. some shopping, people. Support your local economy. Support your local comic shop. Support your local artists. Get some independent stuff, too. You know what I mean? Don't just go buy the Marvel or the DC stuff. Or, in this case, Spawn. <laughs> you know, Image Comics. Go out there and, and, and ask about independence. There's some amazing stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And I, think, I just think that with all this pandemic, with all this as we round it through, with all this stuff going on in the world, it's, it's good to, to be open with your mind, open with your wallet as much as you can, and, um, and give the love. Support the yeah. artists. Yeah. You know? That's what it's all about. So, 
I want to thank you, Tyler, for waking up <laughs> and uh, yeah. putting your microphone on and letting me work through my technical issues. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. And hope um, Boris survives yeah. this core thing. Yeah, I hope Boris will be returning to us soon. I want to let everybody know you can find us on the interwebs at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you find podcasts, you're going to find us. If you like what you hear so far, make sure that you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button. And uh, the show is basically made possible by listeners like you. So thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. And you know what the best part of all this is, Tyler? I heard, and it's just a rumor. Like, I mean, we're still in early speculation phases, and you know how much I don't like to go into all that stuff? But we've heard that it's all in canon. That's right. Everybody be safe. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. We'll be coming at you and spitting in your ears soon. Mm-hmm.